Ghostly Thistle presents The Antique Shop Episode 28 The Cap I triumphed over fate today Again. I didn't understand what all the fuss was about before. Only the dour warnings from my boss. The earth hasn't stopped turning, and the sun hasn't stopped rising every morning and setting every evening. Nothing bad has happened, even though I've interfered with fate. I wouldn't really call it interfering. More like cutting it short. All of us were in the shop this day. It was Finn's turn to entertain Kronos, and the two were in an intense miniature chess match that Reed and I'd become bored with very quickly. We were in the middle of a race to find this pen that Reed claimed wrote predictions about the future. We'd made a bet because I didn't believe him, so he was determined to prove me wrong. And I made it a race because he crumbled under pressure and I was bored. We never got to finish the race, as when the bell echoed round the cavern, we had to stop our game and pretend like we were functional adults until the customer left. It was a lad that had come in, and for the way he ignored us and picked an aisle, I knew he wasn't a special customer. I get this pit in my stomach these days when a customer like that comes in. A normal one. Someone that buys something seemingly innocuous, but could easily dismantle their lives in less than a week. It takes a lot of willpower no to follow them round the shop like a security guard after some teenagers, keeping an eye out for any item that may snag their attention. All I can do is wait at the counter until they're finished, until after they've made a decision that could very well affect the rest of their lives. This lad decided he was going to buy a flat cap. I hadn't even realised we had one. You know the type, your grandpa used to wear one. They look similar to the caps that paper boys used to wear at the beginning of the 20th century. A bit posh, in my opinion, but each to their own. I admit, I relaxed a bit when I saw it was a piece of clothing. I didn't know why. Perhaps I just didn't have the imagination to think it could do something sinister. My hope was short-lived when I caught a glimpse of Finn's face out the corner of my eye. His skin had gone a few shades paler and he was looking at the cap in a similar way he'd looked at that brooch a few months back. Apprehension. Like a spark in a petrol station, this brief glance at my familiar caused my own anxiety to begin spiralling. What the hell did this hat do? Make you go bald? Injure you in some way? Attract bad people to you? cause you to be scammed and lose all of your money. I couldn't wait until the customer left so I could ask. I 
pinned my dragon companion with a demanding stare, hoping no for the first time in my life that I could burn holes through him until he told me. Feeling more than noticing my eyes on him, he swallowed and began to explain. He wouldn't wish that cap on his worst enemy, he says. He'd known the original owner over a century ago, and things hadn't ended well for him. The cap caused the wearer to hallucinate, although Finn described it more like sleep paralysis, except the person was awake. They'd see things, nightmares, horrifying sights, and they wouldn't be able to move until it was over. It could happen anywhere and at any time, whenever the cap felt like it. I wasn't sure if I wanted to know what had happened to the original wearer. But to my disappointment, Finn was thorough. An asylum. This might be the first time I've thought that death would have been kinder. No because of the asylum. Contrary to popular belief, they weren't actually as bad by the 20th century as people believe. With a few exceptions. But because of the losing your mind bit. Being so bad as to be confined to an asylum for the rest of your life. All because of a cap. I really wonder who makes things like this. Where do these items come from? Why? What purpose is this serving? Surely the person who made it is already dead by now. So you got your revenge. Why do these things live on after the creator has gone? Presuming they are gone at all. Perhaps the madams and familiars aren't the only ones with an unusual lifespan. Yet another thing I didn't want to think about. I really did have the best intentions with the cap and the customer. I wasn't feeling great after what Finn had told me it did, but the madam's warnings were still ringing in my ears. Dinny interfere with fate. Dinny interfere. I know I had before, but that had only been a few times, and I'd made an exception. Maybe I just got lucky. I tried to tell myself this for the rest of the day. I lost the race and the bet we read because I was so distracted. It turns out he was telling the truth. Sort of. This pen did make predictions. It's just that most were wrong, and the rest only really made sense in retrospect. More riddles than anything substantial. The customer issue got even harder to ignore when the wee rabbit appeared. You remember, the small brown one with white cotton tail that likes to try and get trampled at nightclubs. This time it wasn't moving much, but waiting by the door, like a dog left outside of a shop whilst the owner gets their morning paper. I knew it wouldn't go away until I acknowledged it and I knew it wanted me to follow it. It didn't take me long after its appearance to build up my courage and act. True, 
I may have got lucky with Rowan, but what if I got lucky this time too? I mean, there was always the possibility the madam was exaggerating about fate. Surely it's no so petty as taking a shite about some random art buying a cap. I took Reed aside, ignoring his gloating face as he twiddled my fiver between his fingers, and told him what I wanted to do. It didn't fill me with confidence when the smugness drained for his face, replaced by the crease of his heavy brow that told me he was unsure. I whisper my reasoning, no, that I think I really had to. Finn and Kronos were still so deep in their chess match, I'm not sure they heard anything but the scrape of the wood as the pieces were moved across the board. Reed only looks partially convinced, but he can tell I've made up my mind. I'm going after the customer, with or without him, and he decided he's going to have to keep me out of trouble. Before he changes his mind, I drag him over to the counter to interrupt the match, although I predictably fail. I tell Finn and Kronos that Reed and I are going to get a coffee, and ask if they want anything. Finn flails his hand lethargically as he shakes his heed, and tells us he hopes there is near a queue at the post office. Realising he must not really have heard me, I steer Reed out of the shop, the brown rabbit the first one to hop out of the open door. Once we're free, Reed asks how we're going to find this customer. I smile and point to the rabbit a few feet ahead of us. He glances in that direction. His frown deepens, bemused, before transforming into a concerned scowl as he turns back to me. I can tell he doesn't know what to say, whether to confront it or pretend like I'm no crazy. It confirmed to me that I'm the only one who can see the rabbit. After telling him it didn't matter, I began to follow the rabbit as it hopped down the street, past the shops and in between the pedestrians. Gingerly, Reed walked at my side, still contemplating whether to interfere. The customer can't have got that far for the shop, and after five minutes of walking, trying not to lose sight of my guide whilst avoiding bumping into people, I see him in the distance. He's put the tweed cap on, and he's waiting at a bus stop with a few other people. They're all looking at their phones, scrolling through their feeds or swiping on strangers' pictures. But the customer is staring off into space, a glassy-eyed look engulfing his features. The closer we get, the more jarring it becomes. The world is moving, the cars honk at each other, the cyclists whiz by in their designated lane, others are manoeuvring around the people waiting for the bus. But this customer looks as though someone's pressed pause. If someone took a picture, he'd be the only one in focus. The closer Reed and I get, the less glassy his features look. Rather than vacancy, it's terror. 
as though there's a horrific crime happening wherever his eyes are looking. There's a bank across the road, in the direction of his petrified stare. But everything's normal. No robberies, no assaults, no murder or car accident. I remember what Finn said about the waking night terrors and wish he hadn't decided to put the cap on. The rabbit disappears once we've reached the customer. Reed stays back cautiously whilst I approach, touching the lad lightly on the shoulder. He blinks. The focus returns to his eyes, and he's looking round as if expecting whatever he was seeing to still be there. His body slackens, and after a few moments I see the tremors a terror shaking his hands and arms. His eyes are watery, brows drawn together in bewilderment, either at me being there or at whatever nightmare he was seeing. That's going to get worse, I explained. I've never told a customer what the item they bought did. The few times I've ever been entangled with a customer and the item they bought, I've always lied because I didn't think they'd believe me. I lied to the woman in the station last year with the bracelet and I stole back the truth-telling brooch that Rowan purchased. This case was different. He'd had a taster of things to come if he kept wearing that cap. Granted, I could he still lied, made up something about it being reserved for someone else, but I felt like I didn't really need to do that this time. I offered to take it away and refund his money. Thankfully, it hadn't been that expensive or I probably would he lied. He tore the cap for his heed and practically threw it at me, like it had burned him when he touched it. Eager for me to have it, he began to take a few steps back, knew that it was in my possession, as if proximity to it was the main cause of the issue. Mumbling his thanks, or an apology, I wasn't sure which, he began to walk quickly down the street away from us, turning round in terror every so often, as if to check we weren't following. Triumphant, and a wee bit guilty, Reed and I walked back to the shop. During the short walk, Reed finally mustered up the courage to say something to me. Only, it wasn't about the rabbit. As gently as he was able, with his gruff voice, he expressed his unease at me interfering with customers. Reed was raised to fear two things, the madams and fate. If anyone interfered with fate, then it would take its revenge. Aye. And I bet if you didn't eat your greens, then the madam would come and get you. What shite. I told him as much, and pointed out that I'd interfered before and nothing bad had happened. It was an old wives' tale, something to keep bairns in line, like a tatty bogle. I'm also supposed to be the next madam. Fate may know like normal people interfering with fate, but surely I get a pass.
Apparently I do, because the sky is still up and the ground is still beneath us. A peculiar expression moved over his face. A tug a doubt and a flash a dread. He wasn't convinced by my arguments. But what do you expect? He doesn't know any better. He's been told to fear the madams and everything to do with them, including the shop and the remedies given out there. For him, the madams are a last resort. Of course he's going to think messing with things is bad. When we returned to the shop, the chess match was still ongoing and neither Reed nor I received an acknowledgement that we'd returned. I was quite glad because it gave me an opportunity to squirrel into the shop and find a hiding spot for the cappy doom. Whether or no the things I hide in the shop actually stay hidden will be found out in time. After stuffing it in a set of drawers so far back for the main pathway, I was convinced no one would bother to climb over the rest of the clutter to get it. My job was done and I allowed myself to feel smug, triumphant. I've won. Again. I stopped terrible things for happening to someone. It's been a few days since I confiscated and hid the cap. And guess what? Nothing's happened. The customer hasn't returned to the shop, the world hasn't started crumbling, Rain still falls down and no up. I didn't understand what all the fuss was about. Ollie, this fate is bad. You can't interfere with fate. Fate corrects itself. Shite. I expected better for the madam than just following orders blindly. I've managed to do what she never has. At least to my knowledge. I've saved people. Whilst all she does is put these awful items out in the shop for the hapless to buy. I can start correcting her mistakes now. And when I'm madam, I can put a stop to them altogether.